Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty. Hall of Fame, Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Happy Labor Day weekend to you and yours. We've got an action-packed show for you today, episode 126. It's been a pretty eventful weekend for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A pretty eventful week at that as well. They signed Leonard Fournette and really shook up that running back room. We'll talk about that here shortly. Cut down day is this week. There have been some uh, somewhat surprising cuts on the Bucks roster. We're going to break those down as well. We've also got Emmy award-winning sportscaster with Fox Sports. Mr. Chris Myers is going to be calling us up later on in the show. So looking forward to that. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. Evan, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm uh, doing pretty good on this fine Saturday. It's a pretty nice day out in PA, so That's enjoying good, it. Man. Can only hope for good weather. We've been getting a little bit of rain on and off these past few days, and I will say... It is the Florida that I know and love. I prefer rain it all day, every day, more than I mm. prefer just swamp-ass weather all the time. Yeah. Like, you step outside for less than two minutes, <laughs> and it could be 1 in the morning. That's the crazy part. It could be 1 or 2 a.m. You step outside for longer than four minutes, your ass is grass. I mean, you're sweating. You're going to need a shower by the time you get back in the house. But we do have a lot of very interesting things to talk about today. You know, you and I talked before the show a couple of days ago, we were like, man, we really got to find some topics, find some stuff to talk about. Like, we know cuts are coming up, but, um, you know, just like the common theme of this offseason, the Buccaneers have a way of surprising people, and they did just that. There's a little running back by the name of Leonard Fournette, who is now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. And before we get into specifics, let's break down what the contract looks like. So it's a one-year deal. It's got a max value of $3.5 million on it. And it's a two million year base salary. That extra one point five mil that I had just mentioned is all incentives. So he's got incentives based on rushing yards and play time. So we'll see what happens there. But as far as the pecking order still shakes out, Rojo's still the number one guy as far as everyone's concerned, right? Yeah, Bruce Arians said so. Um, I, I would honestly, I trust Bruce on this. They seem to really like Rojo's progression from year two to year three, and. I can't blame him. I mean, he's looked solid. He's been a bit inconsistent in practice. Um, but, I mean, you know, this is a lot of people when they signed Fournette was, were saying that, you know, oh, well, there goes Ronald Jones, and Jones is going to get traded. Leonard Fournette's not here to take 20, 25 carries a game. That's not going to happen. Ronald Jones is still the guy. And if you look historically, Tom Brady typically has – three to four running backs where he uses a good bit. So Ronald Jones, LaShawn McCoy, and Leonard Fournette are going to be used, but Ronald Jones is still going to be the main feature back. Yeah, I'm expecting Rojo to get his carries. I think he's got a lot of room this year to just improve off of what we saw last year. And with the signing of Fournette, 
you know, Bruce making it clear that his job is not in jeopardy. It's definitely a good feeling. Let's talk a little bit about Fournette and what he brings to the table. Obviously, he's the guy that, you know, Bucks fans are very common with him because he was a big name that was released. So, oh my God, we got to go out and get him. And in this case, we just happened to go out and get him. I doubt the Bucks expected to get him for what they did. Um, we actually said here on the show, the week of the draft, when we did our draft review show, the Bucks were offered Leonard Fournette in a trade. I think it was the trade further back into the first round, and they ultimately declined it. Um, they it was uh, it was it was it was reportedly uh, for seventy sixth overall pick. Gotcha. Um, okay. It was Leonard Fournette for the pick, and they kept the pick and picked Keyshawn Vaughn. Yeah. So, you know, I think the Bucks, in terms of Rojo, in terms of Leonard Fournette and where he fits in this running back room, I don't think the Bucks expected to get Leonard Fournette. And I think the only reason they did get him is because they might have been in a market for one more veteran running back. We know there was some interest before with Devontae Freeman, who at the time his asking price might have been too high. And for a long time, you know, Leonard Fournette, I think it just got to the point where, similar to a lot of those Jacksonville players, he was just like, get me out of here. You know what I mean? I don't think he was holding out for a super big payday. They waited for him to clear waivers, and they picked him up for what they did, which isn't very much. But his role on this team, and I will say something I'm very excited to watch. Someone else had mentioned it, but I think for the first time in his career, he's not going to be the main focus of shutting down the offense for the team he's playing on. What he goes up against a lot is defenses stacking the box in Jacksonville. And I think in Tampa, he's got a chance to just not have to face that all the time. You know, Devin White said it himself in his press conference last year when we played Jacksonville, our main objective was to shut down Leonard Fournette. Well, the Buccaneers did just that, and they went on to win that game pretty handily. So for a guy like Fournette, a change change of atmosphere is definitely welcome. But for him... To face off against opposing defenses who aren't stacking the box and making him the main priority, it's got to be a breath of fresh air. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a lot of relief for him, and it could open up a lot of different things. Um, Like you said, I mean, Devin White says so as much. Their goal when they played Jacksonville Week 13 was if you stop Fournette, you're going to win the game. And that was the goal of a lot of people because if you look at that Jacksonville offense, I mean, they just didn't have a whole lot. Um, besides Fournette, like, I mean, Fournette's not a pass catching back per se, and he caught 76 balls. Like, that's crazy. And I mean, he's not a receiving back really at all, and he still caught that many passes. It's nuts. Um, I will do have to admit, though, before I go any further, that uh, I do want to own up because I had said that when Leonard Fournette was released, I had basically said that it's not going to happen. Uh, I said that the Bucks never had interest in Fournette and never will. And clearly I was wrong, and I apologize to everybody that I led on there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I believe, you know, they surprised a lot of people because I don't think many people expected them to pick uh, them to pick him up. And then even when he, you know, cleared waivers, I think most assumed that somebody would offer him a bit more money and a bit of a bigger role to be like a lead back, and he'd just take that. And, you know, apparently, you know, winning right now um, – is a little bit more important to him. So he wanted a chance to win, play with Tom Brady. And, you know, I, I think that was obviously a big key. Uh, also, I think staying in Florida, I think he likes being in Florida. So um, there were two keys there. And so just wanted to own up to that and apologize to everybody that, you know, may have been a little bit confused of what I said. Uh, didn't mean to throw off anybody. Um, so, you know, I mean, congrats to the Bucks. Congrats to Jason Light for acting quickly. Uh, I don't think this happens without him acting quickly. I'm not sure if you can be on the phone with a guy when he's in waivers. 
So I'm not sure if you're allowed to have contact with him. Like, hey, if you clear waivers, we're going to offer you this. Does this sound good? I'm not sure if you can do that, so I'm not sure exactly how quick they acted. Does but it I mean, still clearly... fall under the umbrella of tampering if it's like another player on the team reaching out? Because I think we all know at this point that Devin White might have played a vocal role in getting a guy like Fournette here. I don't know. I, I don't – because he wasn't – he was released. He was waived, so he wasn't a part of the Jaguars anymore. Right. But I don't know if you're allowed to talk when they're on waivers. So I think if it's just like a player just saying like, "Hey, like you should come," like players do it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I really don't think you know it's not like that's not a big thing. Uh, and I mean, Devin White hasn't publicly admitted it anyway. But I think many are assuming that it's a possibility that he could have. So. Um, but I mean, yeah, they acted quickly and they were able to get him. I mean, he was, he was waived. He cleared waivers at 4 p.m. on what th- Thursday? Was that Wednesday or Thursday? Days run together now. I, uh, I, I want to say it was Thursday. Okay, Thursday, and then what? 9 p.m. 9:30 p.m. Thursday. He he signed. Well, you texted me yeah. and we were talking. It was actually, about, no, I think you, it, it was Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday. We were talking about the possible landing destinations and we're like, well, here's what's most likely. You know, you and I both agreed that I think he's going to go to the Patriots. I think he's got a lot more room there to, you know, just be the guy. And the Pats are, he's a guy they want to bring in. And you laid out the order. I think the other team that was interested, I don't quite remember. I was told the three teams that were most interested in Fournette were the Patriots, the Rams, and the Bucks. And we had pretty much laid out the order, you and I. We agreed that, you know, the, the order of most interested to least would be the Patriots, the Rams, and then the Bucks. And then an hour later, you text me and you're like, it's the Bucks. And then that's when I see the news that Leonard Fournette has signed an agreement in principle. Um, and the Buccaneers make it official. But I will say this before we move on and talk about some other things happening this week. Because there's more than just the Leonard Fournette stuff that we have to own up to and kind of eat crow on. We'll talk about that here in a minute. But one more thing. And I think this is pretty important. Especially for a lot of the people who... I hate to say it, but I think a lot of the people who think that adding a guy like Leonard Fournette means one or two more wins on the season, I just that's that's I, I don't think that's what this move was. You know, no, if the Buccaneers it's not gonna move the needle enough. If one if the Bucs wanted those intentions, maybe they would have done it earlier. Maybe they would have made a big push to sign him, but for a while they were content with him not being their guy up until they got him for the price that they did. But this doesn't change anything for me on the season, and I don't think it changes anything for you as well. The last episode we put out was our season predictions. I've got them going 11 and 5 fifth seed. You've got them going 11 and 5 and fifth seed. A little bit different on how they get to that record, but if you guys are interested in that, make sure you go check out episode 125, our 2020 season prediction show. Still kind of evergreen, but that's all we need to really cover about Leonard Fournette. Very excited to see him suit up in the red and pewter, and I hope he is a breath of fresh air for that run game because when it gets down to the nitty gritty and you need some hard earned yards, I definitely think Leonard Fournette is the guy for you. Now, another thing happening this week is cut day. Now, the Buccaneers have to trim themselves down to the 53-man roster, so they've been letting a lot of people know that they are released, they are waived, and they have until, I believe, the deadline is Sunday at noon, right, for guys who can be picked up on waivers for the Bucs? Or does it vary per when they're cut? Yeah, I think it's it's if it's Friday or Saturday that they're cut, I'm pretty sure it's Sunday at noon that they can, after that, they can sign with anybody they would like. Yeah. Now, I know that you have got a more updated list than I do, so I'm going to go over some notable names and then we can talk about some other ones that stood out. But first and foremost, man, we kind of have to address it. This kicking competition is definitely that. 
And uh, Matt Gay was waived this week. The former fifth-round pick of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he had one year to get it right. 77% on the season is not good enough for this football team. And I think Bruce Arians said it best. When you're inside 45-yard lines, 40-yard lines, or even a PAT position, you have to be automatic. With that being said, the Bucs signed Ryan Suckup last week to be their kicker. And as of right now, he's our starter week one because Matt Gay is no longer on this football team. Episode 124, we talked about it, and we called it the kicking quote-unquote competition because you and I were both fairly certain that this was Matt Gay's job to lose. And I think in a lot of ways it was, but he just had a pretty bad camp, couldn't keep up, and unfortunately, no longer a Buccaneer. What did we learn from this, Evan? Well, you learn never to draft kickers ever again. Um, <laughs> just, you know, the only reason you should draft a kicker is if it's in, like, the seventh round. Like, honestly. Like, just don't do it again. Like, please. Just, <laughs> teams find undrafted kickers all the time. Like, all the time. In a draft, there's probably maybe two kickers drafted in the entire draft. Like, just do that. Like, why do you have to get so fancy and try to find your answer? Like, I, I don't I don't understand. I mean, I, I get it. It's a fifth-round pick. I'm not really hung up on that. But, like, Aguayo was a second-round pick. Now, Gay's a fifth-round pick. I mean, uh, man, like, for a team that doesn't have much depth, those picks could be valuable. Well, and that's the thing, is that even when the pick happened, um, people remember how angry I was that we picked a kicker of all things in the fifth round because fifth round for a kicker is very, very rich. Like, Jason Light might not say that because he thought he had evaluated this guy well enough to bring him in and be the future, and he had a great leg, but you got to yeah, make I mean, the kicks that do, you're supposed to make. He didn't do bad in the regular season. He, no, he finished just lost it, his games. He, he finished it weak. Okay. Well, <laughs> he, he, he finished it weak. I mean, he he. I mean, yes. if you look at Martin Gramatica's rookie season versus Matt Gay's rookie season, Matt Gay's numbers are better. But, um, you know, I mean, he had a... a Bad two last the last two games in Tampa versus Houston and Atlanta. Bad. And then, you know, then he comes into camp, and the big thing they want to see is how is his range from 40 to 35, right? Because that's like, that's close to extra point. That's close to, you know, what he missed versus the Giants, what he missed versus the Falcons. Um, and he just couldn't do it. I mean, just could not do it. Like a lawnmower outside, um, <laughs> uh, you know, he just he he could could not do it, and uh, so they bring in a guy that's been consistent in his career from forty to thirty five range. But last year he went one for six on field goals and twenty four for twenty five on extra points. Now the one for six on field goals, Ryan Zuckup did deal with injuries last year. Uh, he got placed on IR at the end, was not there for the Titans playoff run. And, you know, I mean, he's been a solid kicker in his career. We'll see. There it is again. Man, uh, sorry about that. We'll see if he can, you know, replicate what he's been able to do in his career or was, was last year the real guy. And if last year was the guy they're getting, he ain't going to last too long. So, and, and that's the thing I wanted to bring up is, you know, you brought up he, he struggled with injury. I get it. But on a surface level, one for six on field goals is absolutely terrifying. Like I'm crapping my pants thinking that this is the guy who's going to replace, you know, the guy who was supposed to be the guy. Like, I, I was in the Mac A camp. I liked the guy. I wanted him to win the job. I wanted him to do well. I wanted him to bounce back mm -hmm. and have a much well, better I mean, year. It wasn't really, when we talked about it being a competition, Elliot Fry was never going to win this job. Yeah, we knew like, that. They, they were just going to, they were going to sign a veteran before. Like, and once they signed Suckup, it was like, ooh, like, okay. Yeah. Like, Suckup's probably going to win unless 
Suckup just misses every kick that he hit that he pr- attempts in practice, and Matt Gay hits everyone. Yeah. And Bruce Arians came out and said, you know, in his press conference, yeah, both kickers had a good day. And this is when I knew that Gay was going to get cut. Both kickers had a good day. He said uh, Ryan missed from about 55 or so. And he said both kickers had a great day. M- Matt Gay uh, m- missed one a little bit closer. And as soon as he said mm-hmm. that, I was like, oh, that's it. I was yeah. like that. That that's what they wanted to see from Matt Gay, yeah. and now that he can't deliver that and suck up dead, that's it. And so that's, they're just hoping for a more consistent leg, which you've had kickers over the past that didn't have the strongest leg, and you got rid of them. But nonetheless, whatever. As long as they're consistent, that's what it boils down to. But Patrick Patrick Murray was consistent, and they cut him two times. So I know, man, he deserves so much better. Somebody give my man Connor Barth a call. I know he's probably still fielding workouts, maybe, possibly. But one more thing somebody had brought up about this whole kinking competition. You know, the moment that a lot of people saw the writing on the walls was when they brought in Ryan Sucker. Like, somebody made a point, and they said, when you bring in a veteran kicker, you know, that close to the season, it's not really a camp leg anymore. It's like, listen, your job is on the line, and this is going to be your final practice. Like, if you can't outkick this guy, then you can go ahead and pack your bags. And I will say this before we move on. I have to give credit to Jason Light a little bit. Obviously, can't get him credit because the pick didn't pan out. Waste of a fifth-round pick. He's gone. He's not our franchise kicker, unfortunately. Second time it's happened for Jason Light. A lot of GMs don't even get those two chances well, to draft a kicker. To, to, to draft a kicker, but also tons of misses in free agency, too. Oh, yeah, this is definitely. something that if, you know, yeah. this, this could end up costing Light his job if he can't figure this out. Because if you can't have a consistent kicker, it don't matter if the you know if you're only getting six when you should be getting seven and not getting three, it'll add up eventually. It'll, it'll come back to bite you. Football games, we saw it happen. We saw it happen, and I mean I don't think anything else needs to be said about that. But I do have to give credit to Jason Light for just knowing when to send someone packing. You know, I really would have thought that if this was the Jason Light two years ago, and let's say we had Dirk Cutter. I feel like he'd hang on to Matt Gay because in his eyes, he wants his job to pan out in the long run. He wants his picks to look good. So he wants Matt Gay more than anybody to bounce back and have a good season. But, you know, for him Uh, to just say, listen, it's all about winning games this year. And that's what's most important. You know, it's more important than anything else, putting W's on that schedule. And he knows that. So, I mean, he sends Matt Uh, Gay on his way. And if Suckup is as automatic as they say from inside 45 yards, then – I just hope he can get it done. I mean, damn it. I hope our kicker can kick. Stop drafting them. Let's get a guy who can kick and then just call it. Yeah. If he misses one every now and again, then whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, I disagree with you when you say that, you know, light would have kept gay because light cut Aguayo after one year. Uh, when when Cutter was still the guy, like Light has shown that he's not afraid to cut a guy that he misses on. Like he's just not. Like he yeah. let Caleb Bennett go. He let Kevin Panfield go. Uh, he cut Austin Safarian Jenkins. He let Charles Sims go. Uh, he cut Vernon Hargraves. So I mean, like he's not afraid like to to admit his mistakes, and that's a big key for a general manager. Um, you know, you, you have to be able to do that because if you're holding on to guys. Uh, it's not going to work out well. If guys are just bad, guys are just bad. So yep. props to Jason Light for doing that, but like he's done that in the past a lot too, and it's a good trait to have. But man, just be able to find a kicker. Like I don't understand how teams can go just from kicker to kicker and they're just fine. Like teams will have a kicker for six years and it'll be good, and then once he's bad, they'll find another one, and that kicker will be good for another five years. Like I don't understand why this has to happen to this football team. Your guess is as good as mine. I mean. 
Maybe it's the color scheme. Maybe it's the stadium. Maybe it's how awfully hot it is and how the balls, you know, the leather on the football kind of gets sticky in the morning and it makes your kicks bad and it sticks to your foot and kind of launches off. I don't know, dude. I don't know the science behind kicking the NFL, but I definitely know that it has never benefited the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the past. So we'll see what happens. See if Ryan Suckup can get it done. But um, I don't want to prepare for a kicker to lose this one or two games this year. Just like with the Leonard Fournette situation where I said, this doesn't change anything for me. Matt Gay not winning the job. Hopefully, hopefully I don't look like an ass. Hopefully it doesn't change anything for me. I still got the Buccaneers winning a good handful of games and making a deep playoff run. But speaking of cut day, there were more than just Matt Gay who are no longer Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I've got a short list of names right here. We're going to go over some of those notable cuts. And then if I happen to forget any of them, make sure you follow up and you're able to correct me because I don't think I have all of them in front of me. But let's get right into it. The cuts look like this. Quarterback Reed Sinet was cut. He is no longer a buck. Seventh round pick, running back Raymond Calais. And then I'm going to bunch it with this next guy, running back Dare Ogimbowale. Both of those, I'm pretty sure, are just casualties of Leonard Fournette. Maybe Raymond Calais has a shot as a practice squad guy, but none of them make the team. Dare no longer a buck and uh, no longer help on special teams. I guess that's where he has a little bit more weight, huh? This is a mistake. I'm just going to tell you right now. This is... Uh, they shouldn't have cut Dari. Um, you know, Bruce Arians comes out and preaches that the best like special teams guys are gonna stay, and then he cuts their best special teams running back and their best pass blocking running back. Um, so it doesn't make much sense to me. Hopefully, he doesn't come back to bite him. But I mean, Raymond Calais, I believe he'll probably go on the practice squad. They like his returnability. But yeah, Dare, man, I would like to see him bring him back. But I think he's gonna get scooped up pretty quickly by somebody uh, this weekend. So I sucks, but. I, I... Um, I definitely think Dare has a spot on another team. You know, he's a guy that we've talked about year after year. Every preseason, he's like on the bubble. You know, he's 50-50. Is he going to have a spot on this team? And he always Yeah, but he's he's the type of guy that teams need to have. Yeah. Like a special teams guy. And I understand that everybody you brought it up to me and other people brought it up that, yeah, whatever, his first play as a special teams captain was when he allowed, you know, a blocked punt or whatever. Sure. But, like, just – how many other ones did he allow? Like, he was a captain for a reason, and he's their best pass pocket running back. Like, you need those guys. Also, side note, not Bucks related, uh, the Seahawks released Shaquem Griffin. So, Oh, man, you hate to see that, actually. Let's yeah. go over some more names cut here. Uh, hopefully, Dare finds a spot on another team. I think he is valuable in certain positions, and the Bucks just couldn't find a place for him. It's unfortunate, but happy trails to Dare uh, and Wale. I know and, plenty uh, of Mike, people Mike are going to be Glenn happy. Mike just got cut. What's up? Jacksonville. Mike Glennon just got cut from Jacksonville. So. Oh, former Buck making a return, huh? You want to play him for the future? Uh, Josh Rosen, who? We'll, we'll talk about that here in a second. Some more cuts for the Buccaneers. Wide receiver John Grayson. Wide receiver Spencer Schnell, which you hate to see. Wide receiver Pearson, his first Grayson. name I didn't get. Um, it's J- J- Josh, Pe- Josh Pearson, Surreal Grayson. There you go. Not John Grayson, Surreal Grayson. I feel terrible. Wide receiver Brian Mitchell was cut as well. Tight end Tanner Hudson, the preseason hero, seems like these past few years. He is no longer a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Is there a practice squad spot for him, or is he too old? No, I think there's a spot for him. I like Tanner Hudson. Hopefully they definitely keep him around. Another tight end that was cut was Cody McElroy. Didn't hear too much about him. Offensive lineman Nick Leverett was let go. Offensive lineman Zach Bailey and that sweet-ass mustache were both let go. Do you see either of those guys sticking around? I've heard some rumblings about Zach Bailey. 
Zach Bailey might stay. Um, I think the one with the mustache is John Mulchin or whatever, Mulchin or I something like that. I sworn it was Zach Bailey. I don't think so, bud. Um, okay. Um, um, so I think Bailey could, could make the, the practice squad. Leverett's also been rumored to maybe go there as well. So Yeah, we'll see what happens. Rounding out this list, we have got defensive lineman Benning Potoai. I think I pronounced that correctly. Inside linebacker Noah Dawkins, inside linebacker, seventh round pick, Mr. Chappelle Russell. What do you think of that one not panning out? Yeah, he's he'll, they like him. He'll be a practice squad guy. If I he like it. It's a seventh round pick. You know, historically, you don't see a lot of seventh round picks pan out. We're pretty used to that at this point. But this one, I like to see him stick around. So hopefully a practice squad candidate right there in itself. Moving on, cornerback Herb Miller, cornerback Mozzie Wilkins, who is a USF alum. He was talked about a little bit halfway through last season, but he's no longer a Bucks practice squad for him. Maybe question mark, or is he just going to go find success somewhere else? Probably practice squad. I think he'll probably end up there. Alrighty, and then the last three names that I've got on this list: safety Dakota Dixon, safety Javon Hagen, and of course kicker Matt Gay, who we kicked things off with. Pun intended. Now, were there some names I'm missing because I know this isn't the most up to date list I have in front of me? Yeah. So today, uh, late late last night, Jeremiah Ledbetter was told he's being waived. He could return to the practice squad. Uh, center Anthony Fabiano was waived, and I believe that's it. Cam Gill has been told he's going to make the 53 man roster. Oh, Gazine Daniels has told me he's being waived as well. Um, and then. Khalil Davis, the six-round pick, has made the roster. And Parnell Motley made the roster. So Yes, he did. We took a little minute, I believe, a couple episodes ago to toot our own horn about Parnell Motley. You'll love to see him make that 53-man squad, and hopefully a lot of success for that young man. He's a very exciting player to play as he's had a kick-ass camp. Now, one more thing before we go to break I wanted to bring up. Talked about Josh Rosen. I don't think a lot needs to be said, but just an update for the people who are uninformed. Josh Rosen was waived from Miami this morning. And Brian Flores, at least from what I have read and seen, isn't because he's not good. It's because they don't want to see a 23-year-old waste his talent on a roster, a top 10 pick as a quarterback three. And we talked about this several weeks ago. And I don't think a lot needs to be said here. I will tell you this. If you want to see our opinions on Josh Rosen, Go check out our episode. It's called The Case for Josh Rosen. And God, this was back in June, July when we put this episode out. We it was were talking June. About, it was like yeah. early June, yeah. And look at it this way. Low risk move for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Josh Rosen, a guy who has been in the league for really not that long when you think about it. He's had seven coordinators in five seasons between Arizona. No, he... he He's this is his fourth season, I believe. So I'm, I'm pretty sure he still been. had seven coordinators. No, he did. That's, he not a re- that's not a recipe for success. I think Josh Rosen wasn't necessarily robbed of a true shot to be an NFL quarterback, but I think he deserves at least one shot. And when you well, put okay. it in the lens of Tampa Bay, what better place to really sit around and wait for your shot than behind Tom F. and Brady? I mean, mm-hmm. what more needs to be said here, Evan? Yeah, so Josh Rosen uh, is going on his eighth offensive coordinator since 2015. So every year UCLA, he had a different offensive coordinator. And in 2018, he had Mike McCoy. 2019, he had Chad O'Shea. And 2020, he had Chan Gailey. Uh, 
so also 2018, he had Mike McCoy and some guy named Byron Leftwich. So yeah, never heard uh, of that guy. Yeah, maybe a connection there. So <laughs> like, yeah, but like you said, though, it's a low risk, like potential high reward. I understand that. Well, you could say, well, since the the Dolphins cut him, he didn't want to be QB three. That's what he'd be in Tampa. Yes, but it's a different situation. Yeah. Tua is the guy in Miami. Like Tua is going to be the guy for the future. Josh Rosen could probably, possibly be the future. Who knows, right? Yeah. Just give him a shot. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. You're not giving anything up. It's not like you're paying him huge money. You're not giving up draft picks. Just sign. Just pick him up. Now, he has to go through the waivers, which I doubt he'll make it all the way through waivers. So he won't be a free agent, but we'll see if the Bucks put a claim in for him. Um, you know, but, I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, obviously Tom Brady isn't going to be playing four to five years from now. So, like, there has to be a plan, and it's just something to just take a shot on. It's it's really harmless. Yeah, low risk. You're not spending a lot of money, and in a way, you're planning for the future. If it doesn't work out, then whatever. doesn't work out. But another funny tidbit of news. Buccaneers restructured Mike Evans' contract for the second time today. A little bit of extra cap space to play with, so I don't know. Something to think about. If you have your thoughts on Josh Rosen, make sure you definitely let us know in the comments down below. When we come back... Buccaneers fans know him best for being in the booth on Fox NFL Sundays with Rondé Barber. We've got an Emmy Award-winning sportscaster, Chris Myers. He's going to be calling into the show, talk to us about cut week and week one matchup between the New Orleans Saints. This is Can of Fire Podcast. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Welcome you back to episode 126. We mentioned it earlier in the show, and now it is time. Joining us via phone call, very prestigious Emmy Award-winning sportscaster with Fox Sports. And as we mentioned before the break, Tampa Bay Buccaneer fans know him best in the Fox NFL Sunday booth with Rondé Barber as we've seen him call some Tampa action in the past. Mr. Chris Myers is joining the program. Chris, thank you so much. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good. I'm, I'm glad that football is here. The NFL is – America runs on football, and uh, the NFL is back. So I'm excited. And, and uh, it was probably the greatest Bucks offseason in history, other than when they got Gruden and won a Super Bowl. And uh, obviously we didn't have a preseason, so Ronnie and I didn't get to call the games with, uh, with Tom Brady and, and this year's group. Uh, but having seen them enough over the years, I'm, I'm really optimistic and excited, uh, even though it's tough division, that they're going to be back in the playoffs. Absolutely. In a playoff and off season that is just full of surprises. You know, we were talking earlier on the show, surprised after surprise. We were both surprised by the LaShawn McCoy signing. They follow it up this week. They sign Leonard Fournette. But before we get into the details, I wanted to ask you, Chris, what are your overall thoughts on this 2020 Buccaneers team and what they bring to the table? Well, I, I like some of the signs I saw last year with uh, the defense coming together with some young players, and they, they've still kept the core up up front. Uh, Shaq Barrett, the linebacker play, and 
And then the secondary, I, I think, and Todd Bowles has had experience with, with using them as, uh, as pass rushers or, or creating pressure to help cover up, I should say, or work around any, any deficiency they may have there. So, um, I think, you know, obviously, he's gonna, I'm, I'm expecting big things, breakthrough year for Devin White. So the defense, and I talked about that first because I, I think a lot of people overlook how good that defense is. It's, it, I think it has a chance to be the best in, in that division in, in, the, uh, in the NFC South. And, and then, obviously, uh, what they did with Tom Brady and surrounding him with the offensive talent and the amazing talent that was there. And I, I think a simple thing to do is the leadership of, of Brady and his experience. And you look at each year, his lack of throwing interceptions, and obviously what the Bucks experienced with Jameis Winston, that alone should turn the tide, make it easier on the defense, allow the offense to be more productive, take pressure off the kicker and everybody else. Uh, and, and so that's why it's more than just Brady and his mind meshing with Arians who have, Bruce Arians, who have been around for years uh, when he was at Arizona, uh, and I think is a terrific offensive head coach. Really the first offensive head coach that Brady's had in his entire career. I think he made that point. Uh, most of the guys he's had as a head coach have come from a defensive background. So there, there's a lot to look, uh, look forward to. It's kind of my overview uh, of this particular team, but they'll have to show it on the field. I think they catch a break right away with no fans being in New Orleans. That's the loudest dome in the NFL, uh, Minnesota probably be second. So, uh, so they'll have a chance uh, with Brady and his communication, even though he didn't have a preseason to get off to a good start. Yeah, and then you know, of course, you know, you talk about Brady. I, I want to head back to that. So, obviously, during the off season, you hear all the rumors that they may not bring back Jameis Winston, and that you know Tom Brady could possibly be a possibility for this team and then finally it happens you know what was your reaction when you first heard the news of, of Brady agreeing to come to the Buccaneers I had an inkling when we got the impression covering in the playoffs that Fox had the Super Bowl this year working with uh, Troy Aikman and uh, Aaron Andrews Joe Buck and I ran into the agent for Tom Brady when we kind of knew he wasn't going to be back in New England and and if he wanted to be there, he could have been there. But there are a couple of factors: one, uh, surrounding with offensive talent, just trying something something new, uh, maybe being out on his own with a different team. And then who were the who were the suitors? And I I thought the Bucks from the Bucks point of view, uh, I wasn't as surprised because you know they had Jameis Winston as a guy they still could go to, but he was second or third on the list as far as bringing him back. There was Brady, and then they had some other plan uh, as a plan B and and so when Brady really wanted he kind of handpicked the box over it before anybody else had a chance to get into any kind of bidding uh, for a number of reasons that we've, we've talked about uh, you know, so so it didn't surprise me, but I was I was elated because I, I think it'll be exciting for the NFL too not just for the Buccaneers I think it takes them out of the AFC uh, and the East. The division has been dominated by the Patriots and Brady and, and their success. Uh, and, it, and it kind of balances out an NFC that's, that's got Aaron Rodgers and, and Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan and Drew Brees and, and some of the, the great quarterbacks, young and old, uh, in, in the game. So um, along with young guys in the AFC like Mahomes and, and Watson. So I, I, wasn't, I wasn't shocked, but I thought it was a really good fit, uh, not just for Brady, uh, not just for the Bucs, but really for, for NFL fans, and unless, of course, you're a Patriot fan. In terms of critics, in terms of critics and what they say about Brady, you know, age is brought up a lot. You know, he's he's pushing in his mid-40s. He's one of the older quarterbacks in the league. Now, I know New Orleans have a quarterback in Drew Brees who is also over 40. But when you look at Brady and you look at this year in particular, do you think 
you know, are there any signs that fans should be worried about? Or is it, you know, a lot of people want to stay positive. Should they stay positive on that front? Because Brady, as we know, he's a specimen. You don't know how long the guy is going to play. But do you, Chris, personally believe that age is going to catch up to him anytime soon? Yeah, not not within the next two years because of the way that he's taken care of himself and the way, and I've observed it, especially the postseason, haven't done a lot of their regular season games, uh, but he has a special formula. Yeah, he, we're not getting the 33-year-old uh, Tom Brady, and I, I think my greatest concern is that he's protected well enough you're going to get hit. He's playing NFL, and his health is, is, a, is always going to be a factor as, as you get older. But I, I think he it's he's been able to have the success he's had. Just had that one terrible injury that year when he went out early with with the knee surgery. I, I, I think here it's his offense. He gets rid of the ball quickly. Uh, I, I there's been a little bit again. I'm not an expert on arm strength, or, but it's just normal wear and tear. But he has enough of an arm to get it to the kind of receivers and tight ends that the, the Buccaneers have. So. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm convinced. In fact, I would be shocked if 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 we see a major uh, drop off this year or next year. I, I really I think the numbers are different now, and you know, quarterbacks playing. Into, I mean, Drew Brees could probably keep going, but you've seen uh, I don't want to say a decline. You've seen some limitations in his game. But if they play on the right offense with a coach who gets them uh, and what they do best and protects them, then it's not a concern. I think something that was fun to watch as well and fun to hear about throughout training camp was, you know, you brought up having a quarterback that almost makes a coach's job easier. And I think hearing Bruce Arians come out and talk about, you know, well, the learning process with Brady is a lot different than any other quarterback I've had, because as we've mentioned several times, Brady is just in a, in a league of his own in a sense. So I am very much looking forward to that this season. Now, another question we had for you regarding what the Bucks have been up to Teams have to get their rosters down to 53 this week, and the Buccaneers have made some pretty notable cuts over the last few days. I wanted to ask you, are there any cuts that really shocked you, something you just didn't expect to see the Buccaneers decide to do? Not not really. I, I mean, you'd have to rattle off the names, but I, I when you look at the, the depth at receiver and tight end and then obviously making room at running back, I was concerned a little bit. Not so much cuts-wise, uh, and, and maybe some uh, on defense, but uh, I was concerned about the running game, only because you know Ronald Jones has shown some moments. I called that game when he had a big game coming back at, to, to USC at the Coliseum when they beat the Rams last year. It was a bit of a surprise in that early portion of, of the season, and, and I know that Arians has some faith in him, but he just hasn't grasped that, that and I don't think they have the guy who could be that, you know, that that Saquon Barkley, that carry the load kind of Ezekiel Elliott. So it's going to be kind of a three-pronged attack. And they each bring McCoy wasn't going to carry the ball on a full scale. And then they add Leonard Fournette. So it surprised me that he became available and not that the Bucks went after, but that they were able to get him before other teams. And I think once he nestles in, and, and again, he'll have to prove himself to be there long-term. Uh, but I, I think that position and, and Brady will throw to the backs when he has to, obviously he's got a lot of, choices but if they t try to take all that away then then the backs if they're not running successfully will be open i think as we've seen him uh, do in new england with whoever the back was get the ball to them and pick up healthy chunks of yardage or big plays. so uh, I, I would just say the way that unfolded became a bit of a surprise but as the cuts continue and they'll be uh, with the expanded uh, backup roster i guess we can call it that or taxi squad or practice squad whatever the old term is obviously there's more rooms there because of the the risk of, of COVID or something like that um I, I that really doesn't surprise me maybe the the kicking game but but ryan suckup became available 
Uh, let's just hope the Bucks stop drafting kickers because that, that doesn't <laughs> seem to be working. I thought Matt Gay would be the answer when I saw his leg and how well he did in preseason going back. And then, of course, through the, the, through the course of time when it mattered most, uh, they missed. You know, there were some key kicks. They should have been able to beat the Giants in that game. Anyway, I, I won't go all the way back. But no, the, the cuts don't don't surprise me. I I, I think this is. A, I think they kind of knew what they had last year, uh, and they they just added some elements that they hope fit in and uh, get that. And I, and I love the emergence of Antoine Winfield, one of one of the draft picks in, in a secondary that can use some help. Uh, so uh, I yeah, I, I would say it's it's. Uh, easier making cuts, if that's the right term, this year than maybe it was last year, and that's because the talent is better across the board. Absolutely. Yeah. It, this team as a whole, you know, they've got one objective in mind. Evan, I'll toss it to you. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's all good. Uh, you know, and, and you know, one last thing. You talk about the kickers. Well, the kickers are going to need to make their kicks, especially playing a good team like the Saints, who the Buccaneers are going to be facing uh, a week from tomorrow, week one. That game's on Fox. It's uh, America's Game of the Week on Fox. Uh, it's going to be the national time slot, 425 p.m. What are you looking for in, in that matchup? I understand that you are calling the Vikings in the Packers game, but you know, you're going to see later that night. You'll probably watch some of the, the game. <laughs> what are you? What are you looking for in that matchup versus the Saints? Yeah, absolutely. When I finish with with the Packers in Minnesota, I will definitely get to a TV somewhere or on some <laughs> device uh, because I really am excited about seeing this. I obviously have great respect for Sean Payton and, and Drew Brees and that Saints team. And this is, a, you know, look, this is a, the relevance of the Bucks, right? Who for years, you know, they they weren't exactly somebody who the, the country wanted to see in prime time, and now uh, they're like front and center after the Dallas Cowboys, love them or hate them, as a ratings draw for TV and an attention getter. They're next in line with with Tom Brady and. And this offense with Arians, uh, people anxious to see or or observing. So in this matchup, you know, I, I, the Camara thing is not an issue that for them, the Saints, they'll get that ironed out. I, I, they have they're, they're trying to get uh, uh, Jadavian Clowney signed, and I, I think that indicates that the Saints aren't happy with their with their pass rush. But but what I saw when I uh, they were beaten in the playoffs last year by Minnesota, and I watch and I cover that sideline, they they were able to get run, they were able to get run on a little bit, and I and I think that that's going to be talking about the running backs one of the keys to at least taking some pressure off off Brady in this matchup, and then obviously Michael Thomas, how to the Bucks, and I hope. Uh, that the, the, there is a plan for whether you double him or how you cover him, because really they're him and Kamara, the two weapons for Drew Brees on the other side. But if if they get the pressure on, on Brady, uh, then then you won't have to worry about how many you know catches uh, Michael Thomas has or or what Kamara's doing out of the backfield. So uh, yeah, I, I just I just think this is two classic Hall of Fame quarterbacks uh, that. Uh, that would love another ring before they they step aside, and it looks like Breeze will, will step aside sooner than than the Brady, at least the way they have it planned at the moment. Yeah, Chris, you know the, the last time you, you called Week One Bucks versus Saints in the Superdome was that forty eight to forty shutout. Uh, I mean, not really shutout, but shootout when right. Ryan Fitzpatrick just threw all over the place. So maybe it'll be an exciting game like that. I'm I'm sure you certainly didn't expect that game to go that way, but uh, you know it'll definitely be a fun one to watch. Yeah, no, that was a great and, and the dome again. The, the the crowd, the atmosphere, how a veteran like uh, Fitzpatrick handled all that. And again, Brady, it's going to help with audibles. I know they'll they'll have we're going to have two layers of noise. They're going to have the ambiance, kind of general stadium noise, taken from that stadium that'll be on, and then and then there's the injected audio into the broadcast. 
and and for the fans listening to the game. So so uh, and, and there's decibels set. It'll be controlled by the NFL, at least the sound, and, and that'll have an effect on on this game because this is one of the uh, stadiums, obviously, that will have no fans. But that's a that's a big break because this this really is this is one of the game changing uh, stadiums in terms of noise. Uh, everybody likes playing at home, and so I think it neutralizes that, and I think that's a that's a bonus for the Bucks. Absolutely, and it's a be a very exciting game to watch week one Buccaneers open things up in the Superdome taking on the division rival New Orleans Saints ladies and gentlemen Mr. Chris Myers of Fox Sports thank you so much for joining us here on the Cannon Fire podcast Chris yep thanks for having me on you guys have a great season and we'll talk again yes sir go Bucks we'll talk to you soon ladies and gents Chris Myers on the Cannon Fire podcast what a great interview and what a great guy to talk some football with you know it's it's not only the voice that you're very well recognizable of it's just I don't know, man. Talking football is very refreshing any time of the year, and especially now that the clock is ticking one week away from the regular season, I could not be more excited, Evan. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really exciting. Glad to have Chris on. Thankfully, you know, he was able to to come on, and it was, uh, it, was it was really good, uh, you know. Uh, really a good interview. He gave us a lot of insight, especially about like the Brady stuff. Uh, said that you know, sort of realized that around the Super Bowl that you know Brady might not come back and the Bucks might be a serious suitor. So. Hopefully, you know, I'm sure we'll have him on again sometime. Uh, this won't be the last time he's on. And, uh, you know, ho- hopefully the Bucks are in for a good season. He seems to think so. Absolutely, man. And I definitely agree with his sentiments as well. Very excited to watch this Buccaneers kick off a week from tomorrow. Isn't that insane? We're recording on Crazy. Saturday, September 5th. So a week from the 6th, Buccaneers take on the Saints in the Superdome. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, That's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in or listening on any of our podcast outlets as well as with video right here on YouTube. Thank you to Mr. Chris Myers for calling into our show. You guys can hear him all season long calling pretty much any NFL game. I feel like it it just, you know, we maybe should have asked him if he's going to be calling any Bucks games this year. I'd like to look forward to that. But Chris Myers is one of those guys, like I said, man, you hear that voice in the booth and you know football is on your TV. He's covered a plethora of events, but I think football is what he does best. Maybe I'm a little biased. I don't know. Make sure you check out Chris Myers. Give him some love. Thanks for coming on the show, Chris. You can follow the show on social media. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all of those are Cannon Fire Podcasts, and pretty much your top place to be for any updates on the show, and of course, any Buccaneer news breaking as it happens. We'll do our best to keep you updated on that. You can follow myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I promise I'll follow you back. And you can follow my co-host Instagram. Yeah, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram. My name's Instagram. At Bucks underscore daily, your number one source for any Tampa Bay Buccaneers news on Instagram. Creeping up on 25,000 followers, so that'll be one hell of a milestone once you get there. You can also follow him on Twitter at EvanNFL, where I believe he deserves a little bit more credit than he gets, but it is what it is. What are you going to do? Twitter's like screaming into the void half of the time. You know what I mean, Evan? Yeah, people ignore you until you're wrong. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. You can be right all day, but the second you mess something up, everybody's going to be on your ass. That's just the way that it is. So make sure you check all that good stuff out, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you once again for listening to our show. I am your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off from my co-host, Evan Wanish, and we'll catch you guys next time. Go Bucks. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.